1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au
0: T's and C's apply in South Wales, authorisation number TP slash 01005.
2: Welcome to the Conversations That could. with Dermot Brereton. Do you have a mate that doesn't seem great? Maybe their team is up, but they're still down. A dare fix won't fix it, but a conversation could. Ask Are You OK? Dare Iced Coffee, a proud partner of Are You OK? Welcome
3: to the Conversations That Could. I'm Dermot Brereton. This is a show where we talk to people from across the sporting landscape and discuss issues surrounding mental health the struggles, the successes, and ways in which we can all support each other through the challenges that life presents. We have not one, but two guests on the show tonight. Jerry Ryan OAM is an Australian businessman, investor, racehorse owner and sports enthusiast who was awarded a Medal of the Order of Australia in the year 2000 for services to the community, especially to charitable organisations and youth programs. And of course, Jerry is also the founding owner of Jaco Caravans. Joining Jerry is Simon Kearney, a highly skilled sports performance professional who in his 20-year career has worked with various clubs and associations at the elite level in the AFL, NBL, NRL, and Tennis Australia. Jerry and Simon are two of the three founders of the company Readiness, a complete wellbeing platform that is helping to improve the mental health and wellbeing of people in businesses and schools right around Australia. Jerry and Simon, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the conversations that could for Are You Okay. How are we, gents? Good, thanks, Dermie.
1: Thanks, Derm. Thanks
3: for having us. Uh, my, my pleasure. Um, well, we'll jump straight in. Uh, we're in the. Well, let's hope we're in the back end of this pandemic, Jerry. As somebody who has had many businesses along the way and and been involved in a lot of areas of business. How tough has it been over the last eighteen months for you? It has been very tough.
0: Um, uh, the, the worst hit has been the hospitality industry, um, and uh, followed by manufacturing and the building industry. <laughs> There's been a lot of issues and the last lockdown in Victoria just pushed a lot of people over the cliff and uh, they're, they're, everyone's had enough. Um, but now, uh, with the great initiatives that uh, have been happening, uh, I think that uh, by mid-third week of uh, November, we'll be all 80% uh, vaccinated and um, there's more freedom coming again this week. But uh, it's been tough on everyone, uh, you know, the insecurity, the fear, um, but hopefully uh, we can start putting that behind us. But, you know, we won't know the damage, the mental damage it's done to uh, people um, uh, 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 until the next few years.
3: And, and it's, it's fair to say that the, the financial damage links into mental damage as well with a lot of people as they wonder how they are going to maintain or even better their lifestyles or, or try and hold on to a certain lifestyle. So it is impacting in so many ways. Simon, you, you're involved in sport, and a lot of people would think that sport just rolls on. It doesn't just roll on, does it?
1: No, it's... um Derm, It's we've actually got St Kilda Footy Club staff. This is probably a good example on, on readiness. And, um, um, you know, rewind last year... With the staff, again, major- a lot were made redundant, lost their jobs. A lot were working from home. Uh, they didn't know when, in terms of AFL as an example, they didn't know when the season was going to start. The the, the football staff uh, and players were told, you know, we'll go into a hub for three weeks. It ended up being about 13 or 14 weeks. So... Um, getting thrown around the country, left, right, and centre. You've got, um, you know, kids and partners left at home, you know, trying to fend for themselves and wives looking after, I and mean, homeschooling kids. So, yeah, it was uh, certainly we've seen, as with any organisation, um, a hell of a lot of stress going on about the uncertainty of not knowing what's what, what's ahead. And in, and in some cases, Dermie, you know, footy was almost the last thing that was going to, that a lot of people were worried about in terms of even involved in the footy, yeah.
3: I get the feeling that there were a few players who were just tipped over the edge in terms of would they continue on? Would they retire? And they took retirement as a choice, you know, on a handful of cases because they thought there's no end right now. There's another year of this. And and the, the feeling, it almost looked like the feeling of those types of sports people was if I have to spend another 12 weeks without seeing my wife and children, it's not worth it.
1: No, nah. and the same in NBL as well, doing like with trades, AFL trades. In all codes of sport um, around Australia, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of players were opting to move home. Like if I don't, as you said, mate, if I don't get out now, knowing we've got at least a year of this to go, um, I can't go through this again. So I know there was certainly a lot of uh, player movement across a lot of codes in Australia based on where where players were from, where they can be closer to their family because, yeah, it was... Um, a lot were a breaking point um, and a lot probably wasn't spoken about certainly um, last year around how hard things were. Jerry,
3: you're a captain of industry. I don't think we, we can dispute that. You, you move in circles of some very, very heavy hitters and those people also, like yourself, employ so many people. What type of conversations, what type of mood are they getting from their staff, their employees, even their senior heads?
0: Um, in terms of everyone, you know, from the top down to uh, the bottom, you know, one in terms of, uh, I think around, don't quote me on this, about 40% of Australians are going to have some mental issues, you know, uh, at various levels, but everyone in terms of uh, security, job security, uh, which means uh, income, uh, more so uh, it put more pressure back on onto the family, uh, the kids weren't, going to school homeschooling and it was the whole family unit there was more pressure put on it but um, hopefully that we can and this is where readiness uh, we work got it in several of our businesses can monitor monitor how uh, how people are going um, and uh, you know it's very important a eh? we've, we've got an obligation to make sure that uh, our people are safe but more so uh, from a benefit that uh, uh, if, if you've got people that are relaxed and enjoying life, enjoying work and have that balance, work and uh, social life, um, we get a better performance out of it. Uh, and it's a 1% is no different to sport. You know, uh, it's critical um, that uh, we have everyone uh, feeling secure, feeling good about themselves, and we will get a, a better performance uh, uh, in the workplace.
3: So you've mentioned readiness, the company, you gentlemen, uh, are managing directors of. Um, Give us a snapshot. You've got readiness. I would imagine it's difficult to go to an organisation that says, right, here we are. This is our bottom line. We're doing reasonably well. Is it difficult to go to an organisation such as a a well-performed organisation and say, we can improve you?
1: yeah doom that's a good point we've got we've done a number of case studies and, and because we deal in, in some ways objective data there we can actually show you real results about um, what areas of the organization you're lacking in and where you can improve that's all well and good to say that but we need to be able to direct you with a number of our um, expert partners and our 170 plus resources we've got on the platform to help educate uh, intervene and improve those areas of the business that you're lacking in we've certainly had anywhere between sort of up to even up to sort of 35 improvements in in well-being and certain aspects of well-being within a couple of months of of uh, implementing readiness into a number of our organizations so again jerry and i sort of put our heads together back in 2019 and 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 thought you know what there's a real, real gap in the well-being set up in businesses in Australia and in schools. What we do really, really well in elite sport is, in terms of the sports science side of things, is we assess the holistic well-being of the players really, really well across all codes. So, yeah, which I, wasn't always the case. Either. No, Dermot, one hundred percent, mate. I, I even sort of look back to, I got, I was with a storm for a few years. Back in two ten, we won the premiership sort of two twelve, went to the Saints for seven years after that. And sort of even in that 10 years ago, we would assess our players' uh, well-being was, you know, how sore are your hamstrings, how sore is your calf, how sore is your knee, because they were our KPIs as fitness staff on, you know, making sure we can roll the players out on the park. But certainly once, you know, we GPS players every session. We take urine out of the place to check hydration we're checking bloods to see how uh, sore they are we're checking power outputs in the gyms to see how strong they are yet they could be ticking all those parameters from a physical point of view really really well but not performing on the weekend because you know they're, they're in their last year of their contract or they're worried about their wife their kids they've got these other emotional and mental issues going on that's affecting performance so, you know, the change in mindset of, you know, yes, we need to assess the physical aspect of our players, but really we need to know the players more from a holistic viewpoint and, and what makes them tick, what stresses have they got in, in their lives as well, and let's try and intervene, educate and assist them there because that goes such a long way into um, how they perform and it's no different out in the workplace. So that's sort of what Jerry and I put our heads together a couple of years ago and thought let's bring these strategies of, of assessing these, sports people which we do best in the world let's bring it out to the real world and bring it out to schools as well
3: so that's how you assess a sportsman you you've gone through the parameters of you know physically how they are but then you have to assess you know where his mental state is jerry if I can ask you, you in the business world how do you assess whether an employee who might be selling widgets he might be purchasing for you he might be in in a whole different area where there's no physic real physical component to it how do you assess him if his numbers are good and yet you still think there's productivity to be had better productivity to be had if he was in a better shape of mind how do you assess that that style of person About I think
0: it's 48% of our employees uh, across the board, different various companies, uh, are using readiness. So it's our HR department monitors how they're feeling, and if you take the last lockdowns, we could always see that the 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 tension, the, the mental health suffer when we're heading for a lockdown, and during the lockdown, and as soon as People had some, uh, an idea of when we're coming out, you could see the whole uh, wellness uh, improving. So um, it's very hard to monitor because especially in men, men try and hide it, Um, women don't, Um, women are more open uh, but certainly in men, uh, it is an issue uh, to try and uh, find out what's happening uh, uh, outside of work.
3: Uh, that's uh, i suppose that's a wiring aspect too women tend to be a little bit more nurturing and so therefore will share with each other men very rarely share this
1: no yeah Dermot I've, with all my examples through you know i've taken the last 10 years i don't know how many times i've had you know a player fill out a well-being survey just praying that someone like myself who's on the other end seeing the results comes and and breaks the ice and has that conversation with them, you know, how how are you feeling? And then it's, mate, they, a lot of the times burst into tears, you know, they drag you in another room to sort of, to, you know, settle down. And and I I say, today's a great day. We now know what's going on. We can now put the strategies and the systems in place and get the experts around you to, to, um, to help. And, that, and that's just having that conversation um, and giving uh, employees a platform to voice how they're feeling because a lot of the times they don't want to bring it up um, and having that, you know, we've got an advocate and a buddy system on readiness as well. So having that human element there, again, then you don't have to be a qualified cycle or a counsellor. You're just someone who cares and you've got that human support there on your wellbeing journey too to, um, to help point you in the right direction when... You know, I've suffered from anxiety, I've been medicated daily for around 12 years now, and, and there's times there where times are tough and you're not, thinking, you're not thinking well, you just need that human element of someone to, um, to you know, point you in the right direction. And, and that's sort of, that strategy that we've used, um, we thought, you know what, um, we've, got, we've got a platform for people to speak up. We can assess how they're feeling and nip things in the bud nice and early across you know, 15 or so of our, our, our topics that we assess um they're all validated with our partnership with Swinburne center for mental health we've got you know 170 odd resources from AUK, and in beyond blue and a million of these other organizations and um, and we've got the full sort of end-to-end counseling service and set up there as well and and obviously having that that buddy system is crucial
3: that is amazing isn't it and that's wonderfully done but to hear that you know certain people will actually fill in the um uh, the form, the welfare form, and, and they'll only leave clues. They yeah. actually still won't ask. They'll leave a they'll leave a crumb trail for yep. you to approach them, yep. even though they know they need some assistance.
1: Yeah, and we can we assess and we've got all the like the history of all the um, of, of how you're feeling on there as well. So you know, a classic example. Derm, you and I might be best buddies at work. I'm your buddy. You're, you're, I'm your advocate. You're mine. We know each other well anyway. But you know, there's going to be little cues in there that go, "He's Doom's normally sleeping, or his back's not quite this sore normally, or he's, you know, he's not normally around this anxious around this topic." I might just go and have a have a chat with him. We've, and We've got the secure messaging system on the on the platform as well, so you can you can have a secure conversation with your buddy on the platform. You're not on WhatsApp or or company email or anything like that. And, um, um, and again, I I wanted, really wanted to put that aspect into readiness because so many times, again, I'll I'll go back to sport. You've got, you know, the Jaron Geary types who Gears' leg will be falling off, but he will not let you know. Um, He, you know, if, if he's, uh, soreness drops a minute percent on his well-being. Bang, we're all over him because we know that there's the little hint that he's not—he's not that good. Yeah. I get out in the car park and watch players get out of the car, um, and and because that never lies, their body language. You know, if they're sore getting out of from a physical point of view, if they're sore getting out of the car and they've got a bit of a limp as they enter the Jerry Ryan uh, High Performance Centre down there at at uh, at Moorabbin, uh, and then they straighten up and then they walk through from a physical point of view. At least there, you get a bit of a hint. It's it's very hard with the mental side of things. So having that, um, building relationships um, and, and feeling comfortable and having those conversations with your colleagues at, at work is is crucial and be able to pick up those little hints. Just on HR, at,
0: at um, the head of HR that looks after all the group of companies. I moved out of HR and uh, put a, a sign on a door, um, put her in a new office, and wrote on it, welfare. When we got into COVID, um, uh, I had to change her whole mindset, and uh, she's welfare. Um, mm-hmm. She looks after the welfare of all our employees. In business today, we talk about continuous improvement. Um, improving productivity starts with people, because people are your greatest asset, and uh, it's it's critical to make sure that um, uh, they're at their peak performance uh, when they arrive at work. But uh, we don't know what's happening at home. Life, but but through readiness, we've been able to monitor. And um, as Simon said, uh, we're seeing how people put their hand up and say, "Hey, listen, got an issue." And on the platform, we can then direct them to the right agency or, or to get the type of assistance uh, and support they need.
3: I'm Dermot Burton, and our guests tonight are Jerry Ryan and Simon Cudney from Readiness. And this is The Conversations That Could, brought to you by Dare Iced Coffee. When your make bottles it up, a dare fix won't fix it, but a conversation just could. Ask, are you OK? More with Jerry and Simon in a moment.
2: Welcome back. To the conversations that could with Dermot Brereton, mate, not feeling great. A dare fix won't fix it, but a conversation could. Ask, are you okay?
3: Welcome back to the conversations that could. I'm Dermot Brereton, and our guests. Tonight are Jerry Ryan OAM and Simon Kearney, two of the founders of Readiness, a complete wellbeing platform that is helping to improve the mental health and wellbeing of people in businesses and schools right around Australia. Jerry, I can't ever think of a time in my life where social intelligence has been more important to actually identify friends, uh, colleagues, a- and work through issues with them um you know the last
0: 18 months um you know we've we've, we've been divided from our, our family and divided from our, our friends and um you know we have had a lot of time to reflect um uh, on what's happening and you know i spent days just ringing my family and certainly my friends um to just see how they're going um you know, i think that uh, what's taught us the last 18 months is that uh, Value your your family and value your friends and uh, stay close to them. Mm. And it's uh, because we haven't been able to see uh, everyone, but uh, it's very easy to uh, pick up a phone and uh, uh, remain in contact with them.
3: Can I ask you, you're you're such an intriguing uh, embodiment of of an Australian businessman. What was your childhood like? Did Did you have many hurdles? What was your drive?
0: well uh, i grew up in a family of nine uh, irish catholic um grew up in bendigo um you know very humble uh, background uh, uh i used to, my first business was um, uh, a newspaper round because what i'd do uh, and i used to have uh, a few pubs i uh, used to sell the herald at night time and six o'clock closing so i'd be going around uh, and i used to get all the change that the boys and you know were going to leave on the bar so uh <laughs> that was my first business and uh and uh for jimmy Sharman's boxing tent had come around to bendigo uh, each uh, easter so i'd get to have a fight a few fights on the saturday and uh, on the monday you know uh, bang the drum um, and uh, earn five quid uh back in when i was 15 i did it for a few years and it became decimal uh, uh dollars so uh, yeah so uh, and picked apples anything to do it make a dollar and uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I wasn't very good at school. Um, my uh, attention span wasn't all that uh, great, probably still isn't. But, uh, uh, you know, I always always wanted to be a dairy farmer, but um, never, ever thought that I'd end up building caravans and dinosaurs and other things. It's uh, <laughs> been a great journey and... You know, I've had a great family to support me. You know, my mum was a huge influence in my life and, uh, and I'm surrounded by some great friends that um, keep me balanced. And uh, I can always go and have a chat uh, over whiskey and, uh, and uh, exchange uh, uh, the issues that I'm having or, or get some, or seek some advice.
3: Simon, do you notice how uh, he's very proud of where he's been and what he's done, but he's not all that comfortable talking about himself? He scratches the back of his head when he's talking about himself, and in no other stage do you do that,
1: Jerry. So, you
3: know,
1: very humble man, Jerry is. Yeah. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know Doom. I've known, well, Jerry's been very much a mentor and father figure almost for probably 12 years, and uh, there's not a week goes by, Doom, where I. A bit more information comes. through. Oh, Jerry owns this business, or he did this, or he did that, or he owns this. Or like it's amazing, mate. No, he's yeah. very um, uh, and and you know, I know of the the Storm Boys and all the Saints Boys say the same. You he he backs it up and he uh, walks the walk and um, and really helps out and assists um, from an authentic viewpoint with with his passions in in life. And and you don't you know, you don't get order of Australia by. Uh, uh, by not, not helping others.
3: So, so Jerry, I, I know just through football, there's been times when, you know, my body gave up on me, but there was times when I put more work into young teammates and, and almost mentored them in certain areas. And I feel so humbled and proud that they might have said once in their life, after the moment, oh, thanks, to him for for helping me out. To make the quantum jump between... Selling the Herald at six o'clock in Bendigo pubs to running an empire. Somewhere along the line, you must have had somebody who was a mentor to you, who saw something in you and said, "Yep, here's your chance."
0: Well, back back in the early days, you know, I read a lot. Um, uh, uh, you know, read whatever I could read about successful. <laughs> businesses and and businessmen and and so on but uh, one of my uh, failings early days that I had the opportunity to uh, join YPO and a couple of organisations and I really didn't have um, but uh, as I got uh, I I was on the St Kilda board um, went on the board uh, with Paisy back in 87 because I was so busy busy working Stewie Trot and So I started to mix and and have a bigger network uh, through that. And, um, yeah, there has. And uh, I'm very fortunate um, uh, that I have some great friends and uh, uh, I can go and get advice uh, whenever I need it.
3: So I know it's the same for the the common man at at his level because he has his micro performances and his big performances. How do you keep mentally sane when there is a monumental deal to be made that can go pear-shaped as well as go right how do you how do you look after your own mental health
0: um you know you know i I struggled uh for about three days last year in the first lockdown um because i had to go around to several businesses and, and, and say hey i don't know where the future is and um we had to lay off uh probably only 10% of our staff and we, we hooked after the ones we had. Uh, but I bounced back, um, you know, one, in terms of making a major decision. I only ever risk a percentage of the farm. Um, and, uh, you know, is it life or death? If I, You know, and I keep making mistakes. And, uh, you know, is it going to affect me? Uh, uh, more importantly, is it going to affect the people that... Uh, I employ, uh, and uh, um, so uh, I don't worry a lot because if the caravans are uh, are not going well, I turn the page and look at how the ticket sales from on Rouge are going, so uh, as I said, my concentration spans not all that large, Uh, so uh, uh, as I said, uh, I I can jump uh, from whatever to the next subject
3: i th- I think caravan sales are going all right aren't they I'm seeing a lot of them I've got to go and feed um, livestock so I get my um, uh, permittance to go up and and do that so I can travel up to uh, care for animals and I'm seeing a lot of caravans on the road <laughs> heading north Jerry well dermy
0: uh, not enough uh,
3: so,
0: uh, <laughs> hopefully that uh, we'll build uh, thirteen and a half thousand um units this financial year so uh, up from uh, eleven thousand, so uh, it's going okay
3: so simon you are the port of call for many many people as well a, 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 at all levels of uh, the business in readiness and at the football club and at the sporting uh, organizations how do you protect your your own mental health and sanity
1: um well, you practice what you preach, Derm, that's for sure. I, you know, I practice a bit of mindfulness. I'm going to um, get into a bit of uh, cognitive behaviour training over the next sort of couple of months as well, as, as for my own health, but also a bit of professional development down that side of things as well. It's, um, you know, we're, we're launching our school platform next year. So, um, or we, we have, but we're, we're firing it up a bit more next year. So there's there's a bit of that, that, around that cognitive behaviour training there with, with some kids as well. So, mate, got good... Good contacts, good friends, really good family. Um, the key is is Derm, I reckon is just speaking up when you're not feeling great. And then, um, if again, if you're not that type of person um, to speak up, then uh, even with readiness, we've got all our resources on the platform. And and you know, worst case, you can just check all the resources on the platform uh, and get some help, uh, some professional help through there. But Derm, you'd know. Jerry would certainly know that. I think coming out of uh, – or for me, sort of coming out of elite sport after 21-odd years, you're very much institutionalised and you're used to working – you know, you, you've got a night game at MCG. You're you, you finished. You're leaving the club rooms at midnight. You're getting home about 12.30. You've got a medical report due at 8 the next day. You know, you're up till 3. doing. You don't, bat, you don't ask questions. You just get it done. And, um, and sort of coming from that mindset – for 20 odd years out to, to the real world, um, took a fair bit of adjusting, um, and everything needs to be done yesterday sort of thing. So it was a bit of an adjustment coming out of there, but, um, mate, great family, you know, good, what the old WhatsApp groups with our, I still, um, you know, been, we, I was a St Pat's boy back in Ballarat and left there in 96. And every year we still carry on like pork chops a few times a year, at a couple of Jerry's pubs, um, uh, for our catch-ups, we've got our good WhatsApp groups there and, and good groups from, from you know, ex-colleagues and all the rest. So, um, yeah, probably noticed that a lot during COVID, mate, is just that I'm a, quite a social person and need to be uh, – I like being around my mates and around people. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it had its issues with everyone, I think.
3: Uh, before we go to the break, this isn't the the Irish – uh, form of the Masons here, is it? I mean, Jerry's explained his Irish background. You're a St. Pat's boy, and I've just, you know, decided to look at the surname. Well, no, Ryan, but that's it. Ryan's daughters, and then we've got Kearney. There's hardly that's as pa- Irish as Patty's pigs. Is that
1: yes. how you two got together? Jerry bailed me up at the uh, at Irish Murphy's in Ballarat. No, no. <laughs>
0: We got to know each other at Melbourne Storm and uh, yep. had a great relationship, and uh, you know, uh, and it's been a great journey.
3: I'm Dermot Burton, and our guests tonight are Jerry Ryan and Simon Kearney from Readiness, and this is the conversations that could for Are You Okay? Brought to you by Dare Iced Coffee. Dare Ice Coffee, a proud partner of Are You Okay?
2: Welcome back to The Conversations That Could with Dermot Brereton. Mate not feeling great? A dare fix won't fix it. But a conversation could. Ask, are you okay?
3: Welcome back to the Conversations That Could for are you U OK? I'm Dermot Brereton and my guests tonight are Jerry Ryan, businessman, investor, racehorse owner, sports enthusiast, and Simon Kearney from Readiness, a sports performance professional specialising in wellbeing, high performance, sports science and strength and conditioning. Jerry and Simon are co-founders of Readiness, a complete wellbeing platform. Jerry and Simon, uh, the program readiness, uh, if you can tell us what is the benefits? There's the company out there and they say, we're going okay. We need a little bit of assistance in a certain area. I think I'd like some, you know, a, a more calmness, a more vibrant, whatever it is. How does
1: readiness help? Good one, Derm. We've got, well, I, I might touch on culture first. Like if you, to improve the culture of your organisation and, and every organisation can, can still can still improve across any area you're never perfect to get that culture right you need to understand your individuals who work for you and and that's where we start so we we assess the holistic well-being of our of the individuals or the employees um, at the organization and then as uh, decision makers um, within the organization you receive some really rich data to have a look at um certain aspects of uh the individuals or the departments that that are struggling and then and that and that are going well and then we provide you with a ton of uh, resources education expert analysis on how to get better in those areas as, as well anything from sleep health mental health physical health uh leadership culture the whole lot so some examples have been, you know, we, we've had some organisations who, you know, why is the marketing department not sleeping as well as the other departments? Or why is some of our clients who've got different locations around the place, why is a certain location uh, showing more signs of, of, of anxiety than other locations? So that rich type of data there can can give you some really good ways of customising the resources that need to go to those certain areas and being able to put out, nip things in the bud nice and early and put out any fires that might be uh, happening there that you didn't even know. So if you get all those aspects of sleep health, mental health uh, uh, and physical health right from an individual point of view, um, you can then build that into the departments and then build that out into the organisation, obviously then leading into better performance um, and better culture Going forward with, with all your decisions from then on. So, um, again, like any sort of sporting team or whatever, it's looking after the individuals first, understanding how they tick, um, and then all of a sudden you've got more and more individuals um, uh, rowing in the same direction. In that department, that department's then then performing a lot better. Then that flows onto that other department, so that culture just keeps churning and churning and building and building. Um, and then you've got your employees. You know they don't want to let their boss down they get to that stage where you know what this organization actually cares about me because uh, both at work and away from work so you know i'm going to go the extra mile now to to help my boss and help the organization achieve their goals and they feel a bit more of a team they feel more of a family so um that's where you build culture to start it you need to understand your employees and and that's where that's where we start
3: there, there's so much in that isn't there that, that- to get somebody to perform, and once again, I'm drawing on a, a, a sporting background here, uh, to get somebody to perform at their best, to actually make them feel good about themselves rather than to get them to perform in spite of you, yeah. is a huge difference. Huge it's thing.
0: Just in, there's no difference between sport and business. Uh, the only difference is, uh, in sport you have a finish line, in business you don't. Yeah. Yeah. But talking about culture, it, it is so critical today. Um, and, you know, what we do in business, we monitor how we're tracking financially, uh, but do we monitor uh, how people are performing a, a outside uh, um, uh, the workplace? Um, mm. yeah, what we try and do, we, we, we spend a lot of money on, on developing life coaches um, and training, uh, a company can't grow unless our people grow. So what Readiness has been able to do, we've been able to monitor uh, their personal
3: performances. I know what it what it is in, in a football club to have leadership that that is making mistakes. And it's not just a, a choice mistake, but leadership can make mistakes. What are some of the more common mistakes we see in leadership, be it in sport or business? Uh, um,
0: understanding people's needs Mm. and understanding how they feel about it and the most important today that you the difference between a manager and a leader uh, a leader uh, inspires people uh, demonstrates um, and also more importantly engages engages uh, his team in what decisions are Again, and how they're going to be made.
1: And on, on that too, Derm, you know, Kirk Peterson, we do a lot of work with Kirk at Performance Shift and, and um, Kirk's got a great saying in, in terms of leadership too, especially in this current environment that we're hopefully we're getting out of um, in terms of a number of staff are working from home, a number in the office, there's going to be that hybrid approach certainly going forward. Uh, what we found with readiness is, is it's giving leaders the opportunity to check in, not check up. On their employees, which is huge. So, big difference between checking in and checking up. Um, uh, and obviously, you know, even you know, Jerry and I have a chat once a week to check in. And we obviously we we have a, you know some business call, business discussions around there as well. But certainly, same with your mates. You, you're not you're not being a uh, sticky beak checking up on them and seeing where they're marking up. It's checking in to see how they're going. Um, and that's again coming back to building that relationship with your employees. Um, where you feel comfortable as a leader to have those conversations and, and genuinely be checking in and, and wanting to help and, and structure their work um, set up, their work environment, their work pressures and job demands around to suit them so that they thrive and, and, and fire up and, and, and work to their best ability. Um, you, you've got 100 employees, you get all of 100 uh, in that state of mind, away you go. And
3: Look, I'm trying to stay away from the, the the crudity of the monetary aspect of it and the legal side of it, but but there are legal obligations to care for your uh, employees as well, which can come back to bite you uh, in the future
1: should you not do so. Exactly, Derm. Um, you know, with the Royal Commission's mental health findings came out earlier this year, um, and. Look, it's now you know nine percent of organisations in the country have a proper uh, mental health and wellbeing plan in place in the organisation. Ninety-one percent don't. So there's a lot of work to be done there, and there's certainly directors at a number of states around the country looking at jail time because they haven't had the appropriate structures in place um, with some of their employees who've done done the unthinkable. So it's um, it's it's coming pretty hard, and I think I think we spoke at the start that. Um, yet where the majority of states are coming out of COVID is certainly going to be around a little bit more. But I think the... uh The outcomes from an emotional and mental point of view of COVID are going to be well and truly uh, front in mind and right in view in the next two years. So um, even though we're coming out of it, you know, there's still going to be a a fair bit of work to be done over the next two years. And and we need to have strong, stable programs in place, backed by science, which is what we do, um, in in as many organisations as we can around the country to to look after our staff. Coming out of lockdown... um... Survey:
0: 38 uh, percent of employees were looking for a change so it's so critical today to make sure you look after your people and get the best out of it so if you can get have the right culture get loyalty um uh, out of the employees you're going to have them there for long long term. Mm-hmm.
3: We'll wrap things up with our guests, Jerry Ryan and Simon Kearney in just a moment. I'm Dermot Brereton, and this is The Conversations That Could.
2: Welcome back to The Conversations That Could with Dermot Brereton. Mate not feeling great? A dare fix won't fix it. But a conversation could. Ask, are you okay?
3: Welcome back to the Conversations That Could for R U OK? I'm Dermot Brereton and our guests tonight are Jerry Ryan, OAM, and Simon Kearney, two of the founders of Readiness, a complete wellbeing platform that is helping to improve mental health and wellbeing of people in businesses and schools right around Australia. It's amazing, isn't it, just through, through involving myself with this uh, this show over the last uh, couple of months, uh, there have been times I look back at historically in my life and thought, no, I put, I, I locked that up. I would not give away the key to lending a voice to a situation that had happened, whether it was my father took his life, my brother, the same thing. But I found even more so than back in those times, I'm more open now. That I think society's getting better at, at, le- at breaking down the, the stigma, the barrier that, hey, we're big tough Aussie men we don't talk about that we do talk about it now
1: not much positives come out of covid doom, but I think one is is that the stigma's improving or it's, or it's dropping anyway in terms of yep. mental health definitely and it's um Proceeding. it is yeah and and you know it's the right thing to do too in terms of looking after your employees so that you've got that moral aspect as well but um I've certainly noticed as I think I mentioned before with my own sort of schoolmates and WhatsApp groups and all the rest, like, you, you know, we're all in our early 40s now. It's sort of only been in the last few year catch-ups and, and online. We're going, how are you going? Are you okay? Like, we just would never have done that 10 years ago, let alone 20 years ago or at school. So, and even, you know, a number of their businesses on as well as we, we, we catch up obviously very regularly with them and their proactiveness around engaging staff um, and not waiting until the horse has bolted in terms of any uh, mental health issues or, or wellbeing issues. They're getting really, really good at that and getting on the front foot, which has been great. So it's certainly front of mind a lot more than what it was even 12, 24 months ago.
3: And, and Jerry, if I could say, with all due respect, I'm a bit older than Simon. You're a little bit older than me, but I noticed a time, I'm 57. I noticed a time about five years ago where my, my run of friends basically are anywhere up to, say, 10, 12 years younger, 10, 12 years older. But about 10 years ago, I started to notice I was visiting more funerals, you know, men who weren't speaking up about various things and whether they, you know, horrifically took their own life or whether they just shut up and, and, and didn't visit doctors for ailments that they thought they could just ride through.
0: Uh, and it's happened, you know. When we were growing up, it was twenty-first, uh, uh, then engagements, um, weddings, and now it's funerals. And uh, unfortunately, um, and it's been driven home to me that uh, uh, that even at funerals, at least you got to see someone. Well, we haven't been able to do that in the last eighteen months. But uh, yes, yeah, so I always say, live a day at a time and make it a masterpiece. And because tomorrow's guaranteed to no one. Yeah.
1: What's happening at the school level with readiness? Derm, we um, we've got all our uh, ethics approved, our trials are done, and we're we're launching um, early, very early next year. Uh, we were we were hoping to get going a bit early, but because of COVID, the kids have been out of the classroom, so it's been uh, we haven't been able to do it. So, when Jerry and I put our heads together, um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was sort of off the back of some personal uh, uh, relations, like grandkids and, and nieces and nephews and my kids. That you know what. To set up a your holistic wellbeing, getting your, your your nutrition right, your hydration right, your physical activity right, your sleep right, and then um, from the physical point of view, that's that just leads that's a great foundation for your mental health later on in life. And then from a stigma point of view, if we can teach the kids that you know what, I'm not feeling very happy now, I'm going to put my hand up and speak about it. Well, then we're we're belting down the stigma from a very young age. So that's our our strategy and philosophy going forward is with, with the kids is if we can set up those five factors there from as young as we can, then they get, you know, if you, you can imagine kids at grade two starting that they hit year seven they know how much they need to drink to stay hydrated. They know the importance of having good breakfast. They know, you know what, footy, footy was cancelled last night, so I need to run around a little bit more at recess and lunch because physical activity is really important. I've got to get my 11 hours sleep, so I know mum and dad are getting me up at 7.30. I know what time I need to get to bed to get my 11 hours, and I'm not feeling great, so I'm going I'm to talk to someone why I'm not happy. So if we can... Get, drum that into them very early on, you know, and they hit year seven and they've got four or five years under their belt of knowing that and their foundation of, of holistic well being is up and going. And it's probably something we, we all should have had when we were back at school. Um, and, and that's what we're about with our readiness for schools program and supporting so, teachers with all the curriculum that comes along with that.
3: So the kids are getting uh, a better knowledge of it. Mum and dad are getting better knowledge of it. I know that, I knew there was a reason why I'm always late. I'm not getting my 11 hours sleep. I'm only, <laughs> I'm only fitting in about 10 and a
1: half each day. You're a bit old for your 11 hours sleep. Then. You're, you're with us at about seven, seven or eight, mate. <laughs> Jerry, I've got to ask you,
3: I, I, I had the privilege of sitting next to uh, your son-in-law on a plane. I didn't at the time know he's, he was your son-in-law. Uh, Brent is his name. He's a drummer with the world-famous Dandy Warhols Band. He hasn't been able to tour. But you've informed me off-air that you've got a garage band as well with some highly celebrated members, and you're in the band.
0: Yes, uh, Dermy, um, what happened, uh, David Fox was over home and uh, went out and said, what's that room? I said, that's the music room, and got on the drums and started playing the drums. So Foxy said, well, let's get together in my garage and uh, jam. Um, So uh, Brent uh, lost his gig on the drums, and um, he plays uh, uh, rhythm guitar and um, and my son, uh, Andrew, bass, and I was playing harmonica. They said, well, you know you know, we, we can't have a harmonica player, so they said, put me on keyboard. So next uh, session, Phil um, Sobrano rocks up, and we decide that, uh, Foxy said, oh, we, we, we've got to play in Hawaii from a 50th birthday. So, um, and my sonny-law saw I was struggling on the keyboard, never played before. Yeah. So he brought some, you know, the little stars, the colored stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put pink on the no, keys to, for surfer girl. Blue was wipeout. Um, so uh, another six uh, sessions. We had our international uh, uh, launch in uh, Hawaii, and uh, were a great hit. Tell them
1: oh, the name, Jerry. Uh, now, name, we, name of the band.
0: Uh, Jerry and the Atrix. And uh, <laughs> tonight, tonight we haven't been together for ten weeks. So uh, tonight the format is uh, the, we're having Greek tonight. It arrives at seven. Uh, A few beers and red wine. Uh, We work out the playlist, eight o'clock we uh, kick off and about 11 or about 10.30, the whiskeys come out. Uh, (laughs) 11.30 we finish on wakey wakey. We try and wake the neighborhood. Uh, Then uh, the boys start peeling off and my son-in-law is let out the door about uh, one o'clock by uh, Foxy uh he normally seven minutes to walk uh, to his place uh takes him 15 minutes to get home
3: yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. stepping oh beautiful that's foxy brent phil sobrano uh, and andrew your son and yeah, uh, yeah. that's the full that's the full ensemble
0: Yeah, yep yeah, full ensemble yeah and, oh. uh, the atrix uh, uh, i won't tell you the average age <laughs>
3: Oh, mate, wonderful. You've got some some good hours ahead of you this evening then. Gentlemen, I thank you very, very much. Thank you for all the work you're doing with readiness and uh, uh, thank you for being on the show tonight. I'm sure people will have learnt so much uh, from your voices tonight.
1: Thank you, Dermie. Thanks so much, Jim. Kerry Ryan,
3: OAM, and Simon Kearney, thanks for being with us on the show tonight. For more details about readiness, head to the website www.readiness.org.au. Now, if our conversation tonight has raised some issues for you, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 and they're available 24 hours a day. Or you can call Beyond Blue. 1300 22 46 36 If you've enjoyed this episode of the Conversations That Could, for are you okay? And you'd like to share it with a friend or access the resources in our show notes, subscribe to the podcast of the Conversations That Could, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Dermot Burton, and we'll be back next week. And remember, when your mate bottles it up, a dare fix won't fix it, but a conversation could. Ask. Are you okay? Thanks for listening.